We're turning in our Bibles, please, this evening to the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John in the chapter 10. The Gospel of John in the chapter 10. Just a short reading this evening. We'd like to think under the title of what the Lord Jesus Christ said of himself. I am the door. I am the door. And that's what we're going to be thinking about. What does that mean? Why did the Lord Jesus Christ say that of himself? And we're going to think just a few short verses. John chapter 10, please. And the verse 7. And we're going to just read verse 7 through to verse 10. And that will be our reading this evening. Just short. The Gospel of John. The chapter 10. The verse 7. And this is the word of the Lord. And we read, Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And we trust the Lord will bless the reading of his word to each of our hearts this evening. You know, as you go throughout the Gospel of John, uh, there's... Many I am statements that the Lord Jesus Christ used to describe himself. And these are statements that are to help us understand a little bit more about who the Lord Jesus is and what he can do for you. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ said these things. And, you know, there's many different I ams and different things that he said about himself. And, you know, you can note the first time that God said, I am, was at the burning bush. When Moses was there and God said, I am that I am. And by using this phrase, the Lord Jesus, when he says, I am, he's affirming who he is. The great God, God had said to Moses, I am that I am. When Moses said, who will I say sent me? God simply replied, I am that I am. Say, I am sent you. And the Lord Jesus comes to this earth. And he's fully God and fully man. And in the Gospel of John, we find these sayings where the Lord Jesus tells us who he is. And he begins them with these phrases, I am. Who is Jesus Christ? He answers, I am the bread of life. He says, I am the light of the world. He says, I am the door. He says, I am the good shepherd. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He says, I am the way, the truth and the life. He says, I am the true vine. These I am statements are a declaration of his absolute deity. He is God. But what does it mean? What does it mean when God says, I am that I am? Well, we're reminded that it means that God is a person. He says, I am a person. He's not impersonal. God is someone who you can have a relationship with. Someone who you can enjoy fellowship with. God says, I am someone who you can enter into a relationship with if only you will trust the finished work of the cross at Calvary. What does I am that I am means? It means that God says, I am self-existent. God does not need anything 
And he doesn't need to draw from anything in order from, for him to exist. He exists outside of time, space and matter. He's always been there. He's outside of the realm of this universe. God has always existed. He doesn't need anything. He's Alpha and Omega. He's always been there. I am that I am. He's eternal. He's always been and he'll always be. And he's unchangeable. For God tells us that what he was yesterday, he'll be tomorrow. He's the unchanging God. And that's what I love about Scripture. Because you see, many a scientist today will try and tell you that their theory is right. But when you go back a number of years, that theory will have been different. And it's always theory and it changes and it changes and it changes. But this evening I bring you to a message that has never changed. And the God who has never changed. And that's the beauty of the gospel. That's the beauty of my God. Because he's the unchanging God. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. What a God to come to. The one where stability is found. And tonight we're coming to consider the third I am statement the Lord Jesus said about himself. This is the third one we find in the Gospel of John. What was the Lord, what's the Lord Jesus got to say about himself this evening? These are words from the lips of God incarnate. These are not my words. These are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't just stand here and make up words to try and convince you to come to Christ. These are the very words that we're reading together that were uttered by the lips of the Lord Jesus Christ while he was here on this earth. And as he comes to tell us who he is this evening, in verse 7 he says, I am the door of the sheep. Now a door is essential to everyday life for each of us. We walk through doors in our home and uh, into different rooms. And then we have a front door which we walk through to get into our home. And we settle at night and we lock our doors to give us the security that we need. And we walk through the door in our workplaces where we, where we, let, where, where we work and, and you, you walk through doors in different buildings. You walked into the doors of this building tonight. Doors are something that we enter in all the time. And the Lord Jesus uses to choose this word door as a metaphor to describe himself in the passage that we've read this, together this evening. Now I want you to look carefully at verse 7 because we want to come to understand why the Lord Jesus is saying this about himself. I want you to notice firstly this evening, I want you to notice the crowd. I want you to notice the crowd that were around him. Look at verse 7. It says, Then said Jesus unto them again. It says, Then. Then said Jesus unto them who are these people that the Lord Jesus is speaking to? Well, back in chapter 9, the Lord had been speaking to the Pharisees. These were very religious men who were often found questioning the Lord Jesus and trying to trip him up. You remember that in chapter 9, the Lord he had, blind, he had healed a blind man and he had described himself as the light of the world in chapters 8 and chapter 9. Another one of his I am statements, he said, I am the light of the world. And he healed this blind man. And it's the same crowd that he's speaking to now. They haven't moved on. They were the religious crowd. And I know that there are some of you and you attend here often on a Sunday evening. And I know that there's many of you and you maybe even join online on a Sunday evening. And, and you're here religiously. You're here every single week. You listen online every single week. 
Whether you're here in the building this evening or you watch online, I want to tell you now that faithfully listening to and attending our meetings will not make you right with God. Being religious, church attendance, giving money to the church, giving your time to the church, even helping in the church will not get you into heaven. Looking right on the outside doesn't mean all is well. It's like the story told about the clock that had stopped working. And somebody said, change the battery, but it still wouldn't go. Then somebody suggested, we'll try oiling it, but it still wouldn't go. Then someone suggested giving the clock a good shake, still no success. Then they decided that they would put it in a warmer room in the house. But still there was no result. So as a last resort, they decided to take it to the clockmaker. And they were told, it's the inside that's the problem. The spring is broken. The clock looked right in the outside, but there was something wrong on the inside. And so we can look the part and do all the right things outwardly, but this is a matter of the soul. And I wonder, dear friend, this evening, let me ask you this question, is it well with your soul? Dear unconverted friend, I don't get caught in the devil's trap of religion. You need to be saved. And you need to be found in a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour. Don't let the devil blind you. You know, there's many, and you've heard the message of the gospel countless times, but has it sank in? Listen, you must realise you're a sinner. You must realise that you're in great need of a saviour. You see, I want you to note another word in this opening verse that we've read together this evening. Look at verse 7 again. It says, Then said Jesus unto them, the religious crowd, again. Again. Let me ask you, how many more times do you need to hear the gospel before you believe? How many more times Will the Spirit of God work in your heart and you'll be unmoved? Could it be that you're here this evening and you've heard the gospel countless times over and over and over and you've even realized you're a sinner and you know you need a Savior and the Spirit of God may have even convicted you of your sin but you've never taken the step of faith. How many times must you hear the message? What if tonight is your last opportunity? What if you don't make it to your bed this evening? What if you don't make it home this evening? What if God's presence wearies with you? Oh sinner, the Savior is striving with thee. What if he should strive nevermore, but leave thee alone in thy darkness to dwell in sight of the heavenly shore? God in his grace. God in all his mercy is allowing you to hear this message again. Don't be blinded. Wake up. Sit up and listen. This is eternity we're talking about. Eternal separation from God you're playing with. It says the Lord Jesus said to them again. You know, when we think of this crowd that stood and listened to all that the Lord Jesus had to say, it's so sad to read their reaction. Verse 31, they accuse the Lord of blasphemy and they seek to stone him. 
Later in the chapter, it tells us how many of them chose not to believe what the Lord Jesus said. It wasn't a few, it wasn't in a minority, it was many of them chose to reject the message. How sad it is tonight that there are many people who have heard the gospel, including you, and yet they've never responded. Dear unconverted friend, let me tell you tonight that it's only a step to Jesus. And to the backslider tonight, can I remind you that no matter how many steps you've taken away from the Lord, it's only one step to return. We've thought about the crowd, but what about the Saviour's claim? What about his claim? Look at verse 7 again and look at what the Lord Jesus Christ says. He says, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. He says, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you. And dear friends, this evening, the words verily, verily were solemnly used by the Lord to indicate that the next thing he was about to utter had special importance. It was that idea when he said, verily, verily, he was saying to the people around him, you need to listen to what I'm about to say. It's so important. And if the Lord Jesus Christ says, Verily, verily, there's something coming to which we should attend to with all our hearts and minds and souls. And as the Lord calls for our attention, he describes himself as the door of the sheep. You know, it's a simple statement. I am the door. It's a simple statement. There's no big words in it. No difficult words in it. Nothing here to make it hard to understand. It's a simple statement. It's a specific statement. It's clear and concise. Nothing in it to blur its content. It's definite in its affirmation. It's a spiritual statement. It tells us how a sinner becomes related to God. It tells us how a sinner is reconciled to God. It tells us how a sinner is made righteous before God. It tells us how a sinner gets ready for heaven. You see, in verse 9, the Lord Jesus elaborates when he says this. He says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Now, it talks in verse 7 about the sheep. Who are the sheep? Well, let's make a few observations from the chapter to discover who these sheep were. Who are the sheep? Well, in verse 3, we learn that they're the ones who hear the voice of the shepherd. Are you listening for Christ's voice this evening? The sheep are those who are called by name. They are those who are led out by the shepherd. They are led on into true faith. Verse 4, they are those who are led forth by the shepherd. They are those who, who know the voice of the shepherd. They are those who don't follow the voice of a stranger. They'll run away from the voice of the stranger. They're the ones who enter through the Lord Jesus Christ, the door, into the sheepfold. In verse 9, they are those who are saved. In verse 10, they go in and out to find pasture. Verse 11, there are those who, accept, who have accepted the sacrifice of the good shepherd, which speaks of the cross work of Christ. Verse 14, they are known personally to the good shepherd. Verse 14, they are also those who know the good shepherd. They have a relationship, a relationship with the shepherd. You know, the list could go on. But these sheep are those who have come the way of the cross. Dear friend, can I ask you this evening, have you come the way of the cross? 
The Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross of Calvary. And he died there for your soul. So that the door could be open. You know, there's a hymn that says there's a way back to God from the dark paths of sin. There's a door that's been opened that all may go in. At Calvary's cross is where you begin. When you come as a sinner to Jesus. Dear friend, tonight listen to the Saviour's claim. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ is the only door and the only way into the sheepfold. The sheepfold that it speaks of here in these verses, it's the kingdom of God. And the sheepfold contains all true believers. And as the door, the Lord Jesus is saying that he and he alone is the one entrance into eternal life. You see, the message is very simple. It's very specific. It's a spiritual message. The Lord Jesus is the only door to heaven. Let me tell you something tonight. Muhammad is in his grave clothes. And there's many people who will look to him and his teachings and they're relying on him for a life that's beyond this life. But Muhammad is gone and dead. Buddha, you can go and visit the tomb of Buddha tonight. He's dead. But the Lord Jesus Christ, the one whose voice we're listening to this evening, praise God he's alive. And that's why this message is the truth. Because I'm speaking of one who moves by his spirit in this gathering this evening. Jesus Christ is alive. And he says to you tonight, still today, the words are here, reserved by the Spirit of God in Scripture. He says to you, I am the door of the sheep. He says, I am the door by me if any man enter in today. He shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The Lord Jesus Christ today is still the open door. And he's, and he's speaking to you this evening. And he says to you, come. Enter through the door. I'm the only door of salvation. Don't look to anything else. He's the door to forgiveness. Those who trust him will exit condemnation. Those who trust him will enter justification just as if I've never sinned. That's just what that means. Christ is the door to life. Those who trust in him exit spiritual death. And they'll enter into new life, eternal life. Christ is the door to heaven. Those who trust in him will exit the road to hell and they'll go on to that narrow road that leads to eternal life in heaven. The Lord Jesus is on the door, the way of access into the very presence of God. And Christ is the only door. For he says, I am and he means I alone. I am no one else. I am the... Only one through whom men find access to God's presence. And no one else can make that clear. Not one figure in the stage of human history could ever speak the way that my Saviour can speak. There's salvation for us, but it's in Christ alone. Christ cries out to you tonight, I and I, and I alone. And the door, have you grasped it? He's the only way of salvation. It's not the door of loyalism. It's not the door of blameless character. 
It's not the door of knowledge. It's not the door of baptism. It's not the door of personal merit. Christ is the only door, the only way to heaven. There's no other door to forgiveness. There's no other door to new life. There's no other door to heaven. The only way God says to get to heaven, as the wee children's chorus says, Jesus is the only way. But you know, the wonderful thing to know today is that not only, no, not only is Christ the only door, but the good news is it's an open door. It's an open door. I am, present tense, the door. It doesn't say, I was the door. He says, I am the door. The door is open today, dear friend. And it's open to you. The glory of this door is that it's not locked. It's not even closed. And even though we may close our heart's door to Christ, we can close our heart's door to Christ. He doesn't close his door to us. His door is wide open. But remember, time is short. And compared with the long eternity that is to follow these lives, these mortal lives of ours, time is but a moment and a breathing space. The few short years, the door is open to you before you soon pass away and the door will be shut for all eternity. You see, in a lost eternity, you'll look back on these sweet times when the door was open to you, but you refused to enter and then it will be shut forevermore. Do you know something? I cannot stand here this evening and say that this gospel door will be open for you next year. I can't even stand here this evening and say that this gospel door will be open for you tomorrow. I don't even know if this door will remain open to the end of this gathering tonight. Because Christ could come. Or your life could end. No man knows what a day will bring forth. Could it be for you? door could shut very soon. Can you see the urgency of this matter? The door is now open for you. And Christ, the door is open for you. Today there is a way of pardon and peace and power open before you. Tomorrow it could be closed forever and you could be in a lost eternity. I want to tell you something even better. It's this door, it's open to all. The Lord Jesus, as he speaks, he says, I am the door twice. And the second time he says, by me, if listening, any man enter in, he shall be saved. The door is open to any man, woman, boy or girl. By me, if any man enter in. God's salvation is offered to all tonight. God loves you. Christ died for you. And the Lord is the door to salvation. He has made a way back to God. He's lived a perfect life. He went to the cross and took your place, took your punishment. We are sinners in need of a saviour. Nothing we can do will ever get us to heaven. Absolutely nothing. The only way and the only merit we can claim to get to heaven is the Lord Jesus Christ and his righteousness alone. He died for you so that the door could be opened. Dear friend, you're left with a decision to make this evening. 
In fact, every time you come to a meeting like this, you, you're left with a decision to make. There's a step you need to take. It's a very simple step. It's a step through the door of salvation. And how sad it is that some come so close to this door, so close, but never walk through it. The Lord Jesus says, enter in. To be more simple or clear. By coming through this door, you see, you see a door is not to be admired or looked at, but it's to be used. You must enter. If you called at my home this evening, there's no point in just standing outside. You must come through the door to visit my home. I would invite you to enter and you would step into the hall. Now, spiritually speaking, you must step through the door too. You see, I want to tell you a few things that terrifies me in gospel meetings like this. There's many people here about the door. They like to hear the gospel preached. They know the way of salvation. They can talk about it. They could come up here and tell you the gospel, no problem. But they still don't enter in. They don't forsake their sin. They, they don't trust Christ as their saviour. And they don't get washed in his blood. So many just come and they want to hear about the door. There's many people marvel at the door. They just stand and look. And with interest in Christ, they have interest in Christ, but they've never crossed the threshold. I wonder, is that you? Do you admire the life of Christ, his teachings, his example, even his death, but you've never gone through the door? I've heard of people like that. There's many people even come to the door. Maybe you can say a wee bit like King Agrippa to Paul after Paul testified, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. I'm almost there, Peter. I even thought about putting my toe through, but I haven't gone through. You know, that's not going to save you. There's others. And many stand by and they see others enter through the door. Maybe you've seen a brother, a sister, a friend going through the door of salvation. And yet you don't enter in. You see the change in their lives. Maybe even you've been at the door of, and, and you've been convicted of your sin. Maybe the Spirit of God has strove with you and you've cried tears. And you've came so close to entering in, but you just walked out of the meeting. Or maybe God was speaking to you when you were on your own and you ran away from it. Why? Because the conviction is not conversion. Concern about your soul is not faith in Christ. For there's many who look in at the door, but they go away sorrowful. And perhaps you're saying, what if I go through the door tonight, Peter? What would happen? Well, the moment you enter through the door, you'll be saved. Saved from hell. Saved for heaven. Immediate pardon. Immediate entrance into the love of God. A friend to journey with through your life. Are you saved? Do you remember the story of Noah? The flood was coming and they got into the ark of salvation. And do you know what the Bible says? It says, and the Lord shut them in. Genesis seven sixteen. Noah was safe. He was secure. The Lord shut them in. 
Noah was safe on the boat. But those who Noah had preached to and told them of the only safe place in the earth, it was too late for them. Dear friend, tonight, while the door is open, enter into God's salvation. For the day is coming when this door will be closed for you for all eternity. Enter in while you may. There was safety and security in the ark. Everything was shut in behind the locked door. Listen, there is a Christ who says, I am the door. Can I ask you, do you know if you are safe? Do you know if this life was over tonight, or if Christ were to come, where your soul will be? Because I can tell you, if you're saved, you'll be in heaven with Christ for all eternity. And if you're not, you'll go to hell. Was that? And I can't imagine someone going to hell after hearing that Christ is the door to heaven. Christ says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from my sin. Saved from an eternity in hell. You need to get saved. The Lord Jesus says at the very end of this chapter these lovely words. In verse 28, about the sheep that enter in through the door. He says this, I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Well, where does the perishing happen? It happens in hell. So if you enter through this door, the Lord says, I'm giving you eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Secure in Christ. Is that where you are this evening? Are you closed in with Christ? Knowing eternal security. Or are you out of Christ? Outside the door, facing eternal judgment. Can I ask you, is it well with your soul? Will you step through the door of his salvation tonight? We're going to sing together our closing hymn. And it asks that question, is it well with your soul? When peace like a river attendeth my way when sorrows like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. You know, as we sing the refrain of this, for the child of God, they can sing from the bottom of their hearts, it is well with my soul. Can you? Listen, I am here tonight, and if you want to talk more about the gospel about Christ, about what he can do for you. I am here all night for you. We have tracks out the back that we can give to you to tell you a bit more about the gospel message. But listen, don't leave it another night. Come to Christ. Come through the door of his salvation. Be saved from your sin. Be saved from that eternal damnation. 
and start for heaven tonight.